Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Leland Baldwin, a family and criminal attorney in the Florida neck of the woods. Leland, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Uh, quick shout out to Robert Lehman, the financial advisor who introduced us. Quick legal disclaimer, you are not going to give any legal advice on today's podcast and you are in the state of Florida. So anyone who isn't in Florida should seek counsel wherever they are. Now that we got that out of the way, let's go back in time a little bit. What inspired you to go to law school in the first place? Um, in second grade, my father had me come to his constitutional law class and give the facts of Marbury versus Madison. And uh, he was like, you're, you're just, it, it's your gift. I said, what's my gift? He goes, standing in front of people. You love it, Leland. I said, okay, dad. So it was kind of programmed. He was my law professor and uh, we lived in Gainesville, Florida. I grew up in Gainesville and it was kind of a done deal. And I think just watching my father, uh, in the Supreme Court, he argued in the Supreme Court, he argued in the 11th Circuit, watching him do what he did and, and being the voice for people that needed a voice inspired me. That is incredible. And then how did you arrive at family and criminal law as opposed to, let's say, con law like your dad? So I would say as far as the areas I'm in now, initially I was in big commercial litigation, then went and said, this isn't for me, went to state attorney's office. Put people in prison for almost 10 years and said, okay, I'm going to try something else. And now I'm on the other side of the fence trying to keep people out of prison. And it is, it does involve constitutional law, you know, issues about improper search, improper stops. And family law really came in kind of as organically, naturally. People, friends needed help with paternity issues, with child support, with divorce. And that's how it went. All right. So let's take them one at a time. When it comes to criminal law, what does, I know it's going to vary all over the map, but what are the most common types of cases you're dealing with? I'd probably have to say, Seth, I would say probably DUIs, DUIs and simple batteries, a lot of domestic violence, unfortunately. And a lot of times people use the system wisely. Sometimes they use it unwisely and I get people that are charged properly and charged improperly. So DV, domestic violence, and DUIs are probably the biggest. They're small crimes, and you don't mind doing those kind of cases. I just got a first-degree murder, and that's kind of a tough uh, emotionally to uh, get a case like that. But I have to say, if you 
to answer your question, I would say the simple cases are the most run of the mill and the, and the most common. How do you deal with the emotional roller coaster? Oh, oh, meditation. I do. I work out. I just finished my second triathlon with my two oldest wow, sons. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, it was killer. Um, but I'd say I work out every day, almost two hours, and I meditate and do a devotional in the morning for an hour because that's probably my biggest fault is I take people's problems on because I'm a major empath and it's not a good area to be in. I was going to say, if you're a criminal oh. defense attorney and a family law attorney, you're dealing with two of the most intense, emotionally intense areas of law you could. Oh no, Seth, totally. Yesterday was my birthday and I said to my mom, who's an amazing person, she went to law school at age 59 years old. She said, she's 89 now and she goes, Leland, what's, why are you so down today? I go, I've got a bad client tomorrow, mom. I go, mom, think about it. Every time you come to see me, you either want a divorce or you've been arrested or a family member's been arrested. I go, these are two of the lowest times yeah. in your life. And I think you, you made a really great point when you say sometimes, I hope these don't interact very often, criminal and family. Well, they do. Their domestic violence ends up being a, a divorce. I mean, so to, 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 to handle the emotional side, I really have to remember their problems are their problems and they're not my problems. But I do try to help people emotionally as well. I would take the counselor of law, that that title very seriously. What so DUIs and domestic violence, what are what are some of the most common mistakes? Not the DUI and, and, and the domestic violence DV, but what are some of the most common mistakes people make when choosing a criminal attorney in the first place? A mistake? What, what is a mistake? Yeah, how do I know? Okay. Because it's not hit personal injury, right? There's not giant no, no, no. billboards every five feet going, <laughs> hurting a car, call us. Okay, so here's my thing on that. That's a really good question. And it's really funny, Seth, because I've done this 30 years. And I have to say, I've never done an advertisement. I've never done anything. It's completely word of mouth and it's all relational. So my, my point is always treat people with respect. I don't care who it is. You, you could be at the grocery store. I treat, I was raised that way. You treat the president of the bank the same as you treat the guy that opens the door. And those people end up being your clients. And I think to make a mistake in hiring a criminal lawyer, I think the mo most important thing is, does this person have your best interest in mind when you go meet with a criminal lawyer? Do you feel like you are a priority in this person's um, book of business or are you just a number? Is this going to make a difference to this person trying to help you out? Or do they just want to plea you out? Do they really want to fight for you? Do they believe in you? And do they believe in the due process of law? Do they believe in this case? And that's what it is. And, and you can, it, I, I, am a, I love people. I love meeting new people. And I can sense when I'm meeting someone that, this, that is disingenuous with me. So I hope they feel the same way about me when they meet me. Like I am right, like right at it. Like, I'm going to tell you, you're just not for me. Like I fire clients frequently, Seth. If I find out you lie to me, done, get out. Like I'm not doing it. But I truly believe that when you go to hire a criminal lawyer, you need to do your homework. And I'm not saying you need to go on a website and do all that, but just ask around the community. How long has this person done this? Do they have good relationships with prosecutors, with the, with the, with the state, with the judges? So I think it can, it's a, it's a crucial decision you make if you've been charged with a crime. Absolutely. Now let's talk about the other side of the coin. On the family law side, what are those types of cases that you're dealing with? Um, I just got a new one today that it, that is interesting, and I but also fabulous. A guy called me and just hired me 
and he doesn't want to marry the soon-to-be mother of his child because he had got really burned in his last divorce, but he wants to be really preventative, right? So he wants to establish paternity. He wants to have the rights that are due as the biological father, but he wants to be responsible as well. He wants to be financially responsible for this child, and he wants it legally done. So for him, he came to me, I, it was a referral from another lawyer, which is crucial being respectful to other lawyers um, and not throwing people under the bus. But he came to me and said, okay, Leland, can you draw up these papers for me? Do in the event we get breakup, here's a parenting plan. Here's this, here's that. And I said, absolutely. And I, and I said, I want to applaud you. I just want to take a moment and just say, you know, hats off to you, dude, that you took the time to say you care about this child so much that you care about the future of the child and that you're not going to be a deadbeat dad. You're not going to, because you don't want to marry this woman because of your prior experience, not hers, but that you care enough to do that. So that's something I got today. But in terms of hiring um, a divorce lawyer or domestic, any, any kind of family law situation, whether it's child support, paternity, trying to disestablish paternity, hey, that isn't my kid. Um, I think it's really, really important. That's much more relational than criminal. I know criminal is important, but family law, you are holding your client's hand, if you're a good family law lawyer, through the process. And it is, it can be trying on the lawyer and the client. Sometimes people don't like me. They don't like that I'm blunt. I'm very blunt. I may sting in the beginning, but you're not going to get a lie from me. So. What are some of the most common mistakes that people make when needing a family lawyer, not in picking one, but what are, I mean, you've seen over the years, I'm sure your share of things happen in a marriage or in a relationship. Why do you think so many marriages end up needing the services of, of a family lawyer? Great question. Seth, I would say more likely than not, I think uh, people have a wandering eye. I think they have end up saying the grass is greener when it's not. And I try to remind people of that. I really talk to them about, you know, is this something you, you really believe? Because Florida doesn't know a false state, meaning anyone get divorced. There's no, you don't have to have a, a cited reason. She was an adulterer or he was an adulterer. Um, so I think it's super important that you, you really figure out, is this something you really want to do? Because it affects everyone. A divorce affects everyone. But I do think it's, in this day and age, I think it's much easier just to throw in the towel and, and go to the next person. And, and it's, it's really affects and hurts a lot of people, but it, it's inevitable in, in cases. I'm not saying it's, I'm not trying to judge any situation, but I am saying, I do think we quit too fast in, in, in the state of Florida. Your passion is, I mean, well, statistically we quit too fast everywhere. It's not just Florida. Okay. Um, if 50% of marriages end in divorce, tap. So your passion's obvious. What do you like best about what you do? If I can help anyone, um, help anyone help their children, I am definitely a, a child advocate person. So if you come to me and there are no children involved, it's a pretty cut and dry, easy. Sometimes it's a financial issue, but when children are involved, Seth, I am 100% all about the child. And I do believe uh, it's fine if it's same sex, uh, heterosexual, whatever. I do believe two people are really important to a child, two loving parents. So I think it's really important that the father plays a role, the mother plays a role, whether it's two moms, two dads, whomever. But I do think it's super important that a child has a sanctuary, whether it's two sanctuaries or not. So 
my whole goal in any divorce is trying to trying to ensure that that child is uh, fulfilled and confident as they grow up to feel that they can go out. They're going to be bashed as soon as they hit elementary school by some jerk on the playground, right? So why not know that when you walk through that front door, your mom or your dad is going to hug you, have your favorite kind of cookie, like, hey, how was school, dude? How can I help you with your homework? That's the key to me, whether it's the transition of going from mom's house to dad's house, dad's house to mom's house. How can we make that as smooth as possible? How can we, we ensure that the you've got two sets of books, two sets of clothes, and just making it easy for the kids? You know, don't 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 make disparaging remarks about that kid's parent. You people forget, Seth. The bottom line is that child that you had the blessing of producing with your wife is 50% your wife, 50% you. So when you cut down your wife and are rude to her in front of them, they're like, hey, you're being rude to me. And if parents don't understand that, that, oh, no, I love my kid. Well, you don't love your kid if you're speaking ill of your husband. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work that way because it affects your child forever. So that would be my main goals, kids. I, I think that is beautifully said. My wife is a marriage counselor and we've had that yeah. conversation not only on don't criticize each other that way in front of the kids, but also don't criticize your spouse's parents oh, yes. in front of your kids. Huge. Because if you say, oh, you're acting just like your father and doing that blah, blah, blah thing, you're criticizing your them along with it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that that's point well taken as well. And I think sometimes we forget that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So for our folks watching or listening who want to learn more, who are in the state of Florida, where is the best place for them to go to learn more about you? Um, they could go to uh, ltbaldwinlaw at gmail.com and they could email me and then I can send them anything they need. Um, or they can Google me. I have... Um, a, a pretty strong track record of uh, jury trials, non-jury trials, things I've done um, in the city of Tampa. And I'm a big um, volunteer person. So I'm on all kinds of boards to help people in the city of Tampa. So I think that would be the best place. All right. Well, we greatly appreciate your time. We know it's incredibly valuable. This is Seth Green. I have been here with Leland Baldwin. Leland, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, awesome, Seth. Have a great day. And I really appreciate your time as well. Likewise, thanks again to Robert Lehman for the introduction. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Take care, Seth. Thank you. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free Perfect Pitch Cheat Sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.